Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. This podcast is perfect for you. If you are hungry to continue growing a business that you love so you can live a life that you get to design. Today's episode is sponsored by Chase Inc. and the new Business Unlimited credit card. With unlimited 1.5% cash back on purchases, no annual fees, no minimum balance to redeem rewards, the Chase Inc. Business Unlimited credit card is a great choice for busy entrepreneurs. So simple. Keep things simple with Chase Inc. Business Unlimited credit card issued by Chase Bank USA NA. For more information, visit chase.com forward slash inc. When it comes to money and your business, there are a few major categories of money to address. The first, making more money, which is the sexiest and definitely most prevalent conversations that we have in the business world. Second would be money mindset, which is the softer side of money that truly determines our success overall. The third would be investing our money, how we're spending it wisely. And the fourth would be organizing our money, the practical and not so often discussed tips and tricks that have a major impact on our businesses. Today, we're talking about that last one, organizing our finances, because there are very simple ways that you can do so that will not only benefit your ability to do those other three well, but ultimately save you time because you want to be spending your time building your business, not managing your money 24 hours a day. In order to have this conversation, I am bringing on the amazing Heather Robertson-Divine. She's the owner of Book Still Sur. She works with publishers and authors in Latin American countries and distributes authentic Spanish books to public schools all around the U.S. She started her business in 2009 and at that time offered just 12 book titles. Now, in 2018, she offers 300. Her business had a major shift in 2015 when she made a profit for the first time, and then again in 2016 when she had a mindset shift that she was not just, quote unquote, a teacher selling books anymore, but officially a business owner. Each of these seasons of Heather's business life have dictated specific and evolving ways to organize her finances. And today, we're discussing them in detail. Today, we talk about how and why she used a very specific type of business credit card when she first started her business, and how and why she uses the one that she uses now. We also talk about how she transitioned from her shoebox method to a spreadsheet method to her current integrated online pretty savvy method. We talk about what tools she uses currently and how it all works together to make money management super simple for her. We also talk about why she hires out her daily financial management to a team member, the practical and the emotional reasons, by the way. And we also talk about why she established a monthly financial meeting with her team and the difference it's made in her business growth. We both end up discussing how we've used simple tools like a business credit card, financial tracking tools, and business bank accounts in order to manage cash flow, earn extra benefits, and ultimately be on top of our business finances in the most simple and easy ways. I'm even giving you access to a totally free money bundle so that you can start using some of these tools that we discuss immediately. It's going to include a step-by-step of the tips that Heather and I discuss, my financial focus spreadsheet, which will help you project and track money coming in, a diagram of how I organize my Chase business bank accounts based on the Profit First method, and a link to my all-time favorite money tracking app. And you can get all of it at bizwomenrock.com forward slash money bundle. 
If you've been spending way too much time managing your business finances or way too much time worrying about how to organize them better, then this is the episode for you. So let's get into our conversation with Heather. Heather, what's going on, girl? Hi, Katie. I'm so excited that you're here. This feels familiar and great. Very comfortable. (laughs) So I have had the pleasure of having you as a client in the past. You have been part of my masterminds in the past and really just have become one of my favorite people in this world. You're a friend of mine. We talk mommy shop all the time, mompreneur stuff all the time, full on let's impact the world type of stuff. You are my people. (laughs) So... (laughs) You've been on the show before, but I'm really happy to have you back here because I have had the pleasure of witnessing specifically your mindset growth that you've had over the past year or two in your business. And I know enough about your business journey to know that the financial component, the money component of that mindset evolution has been massively impactful on how your business has grown. And so I wanted specifically to have a conversation about how we have organized our finances in our businesses in order to stay productive because we're busy running businesses. And if we make the money thing really hard and challenging, then it gets dropped or it gets forgotten about or it gets swept under the rug in not such a pretty way, right? And so I wanted to bring you on to have that conversation. So first of all, thank you for being here. Uh, It's my pleasure. I love sharing with you and I'm always learning from you even if I'm supposed to be sharing information. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. I want to start first with when you started Books del Sur. What year did you start that? Okay. So Books del Sur started in August of 2009. Okay. Gotcha. What did life look like for you back then? Was it just like, okay, I'm starting this company and I'm immediately going to be importing all these books and going to all the classrooms in the districts to impact all of the dual language schools? Like, What did it actually look like? Because you were a teacher back then. Yeah. So some interesting details is that if you can see this picture right here, that is actually me graduating from the University of California, Northridge in 2007. And that's really important because in 2009 was the second year that I'd earned a teacher's salary with a master's degree. And if you don't know about the teacher world, the master's degree does make an impact on your income. So it was really like the second year of my life, I was out of what felt like poverty. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, yay, I've made it in the world. I'm actually like bringing home good money. Right. So it was like the first time that I could actually think about money. And like one of the economic terms is thinking about luxury spending. And so I finally knew what that meant. And so it wasn't just strapped for cash all the time. And I mean, I'm not trying to give a sob story. I had a great life. (laughs) (laughs) I was able to travel again. And so that was the impetus for starting Bookstallster was I was actually able to travel to South America, which in the past travel was always tough. I had to work in the summers. The cost of travel alone was was me to scrape together. So it was a time where I was finally making some money and I was didn't have any children. My husband at the time, we had bought a home and we'd had an income property. So we were starting to become adults and starting to make adult decisions. You were a full-on adulting girl. <laughs> yes, yes. And I might have been 30. <laughs> so you thought you were adulting. You thought that was adulting and now, now you know better, right? Right. Actually, now I'm like, oh, that was nothing. Like, now I'm really an adult. I'm a mom. <laughs> so why did you start the company? 
So I started the company because I was also in a leadership position in my school and teachers were looking for books. And this was something that is not, was not new. We'd been looking for books for a long time. I worked in dual language programs for my entire career. And the number of Spanish books available compared to English books was always this inequitable gap that was just glaring. And a bunch of teachers had gotten back from a Fulbright scholarship, which I was an alternate on didn't make it. And they learned all about Latin American literature. And they said, we want these books. So I went on Amazon to order them, talked to the different sales reps that were working with our school and no one had them. So I was like, okay, well, let me call myself American Friends and I can travel there because I've got some money. <laughs> so let's do it. And so that was the impetus for starting to get high quality books for our students in our public schools. You have let me know in those early years, it was just sort of like a little hobby business, meaning I call it like the Mary Kay years, right? Where it's just sort of like, oh, I just do this because I need the makeup, right? Or I want it and I'll get the discount. And if anyone happens to tell me that they need it, I can provide it. And so you were like, yeah, that's kind of what it was for me. But how did you manage? Like, what was your concept of managing your money back then? How did you do it? What were maybe just one or two of the things that you did that were good that helped you manage your money back then? So again, I was just becoming an adult. At the time, my husband had a business as well. And so we worked on the shoebox strategy where you would purchase things and then you'd take the receipt and you'd put it in a shoebox. And that shoebox was designated for whichever business it was. So like we had an income property at the time. And so, right, so we had these shoeboxes. And so it wasn't until after a year where I was like, ah, this shoebox thing is not working for me. Number one, I'm not super good at putting the little pieces of paper in the box. So then sorting out income at the end of that 2009 was... 2009 was fine. It was 2010 that I was like, whoa. So after 2010, I'd opened a bank account and got a credit card for my business so that I could just use that. Got it. So how did you use that credit card in the beginning? Well, in the beginning, beginning, it was still pretty much... I was able to use my credit card, purchase books. And then by the time I got paid, pay it off on my credit card. So I had a zero interest credit card and that was great for me. By the time purchase orders, school income is very stable. So by the 30-day terms were up, I was able to pay my credit cards off. Sometimes I would go over, sometimes I wouldn't. It just depended. And I love that that was really strategic on your part, probably pretty easy of like, look, I can't have this thing super complicated. I just know that I have that time period of waiting is the good benefit for me because I can pay everything off at once by the time I get the money and you're planning for that. At what point did that not work for you anymore? Like what was the next phase and how you then organized everything? So the next phase of this is, and you know this, was Excel spreadsheets. My friend... <laughs> Literally, I want you to raise your hand listening or watching this right now if you're like, oh yeah, and I'm still there because every business owner has the Excel spreadsheet and everything lives there. You don't have anything else. It's all there. Right. They're quote unquote free, right? I already paid for my Microsoft. So like I just... It's free. Why would I pay for another app or another something? It's like the electronic version of the shoebox. That's really what it is. Mm -hmm. yeah. And your bank, you can download your statements in CVS form and then import and sort all that data. So that was the next phase. And you know, a little bit. So 2014, 2015 was a big transition year for me. And the end of 2015 was like, oh there's money here. Now I need to figure out what to do with this. Because before that, there wasn't money. There wasn't much to sort out. And especially because I was organized and it was in one place. And so in 2015 was the year that I was like, oh, okay. 
now what do I do with all this? And I have to pay taxes and I have to really think about it. So it was all in Excel spreadsheets. At that time then, I also could get rid of the no interest credit card and then get a credit card where I could earn points. And that's a really awesome thing. Be a little bit more strategic about why you're doing all that stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Got it. You know, it's so funny that you mentioned the... I think for every business owner, the year that you finally make a profit is amazing and also terrifying because all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh shoot, like I need an adult now in my business, right? Like that's the final adulting moment in your business or at least the starting adulting moment because it's like, I remember exactly when we had that moment in Chris and I's business, our local organization. And it was like, that was the first year that I was like, oh, there's like an entirely new room of things that I need to think about now. The tax implications, how am I organizing this? We were not paying ourselves at that time either, obviously, because we weren't used to making enough money to pay ourselves. And so it was like that massive shift. Did you go through a big mindset shift as you made that? Or did you have stuff come up where you were like maybe fighting against it or deliberately not procrastinating on things that you knew that you needed to do? I mean, are you really asking me this question? Oh, it's an interview. You know the answer. I know the answer. You know already. the answer. So I just mentioned 2015, the end of the year was like, oh, I've got money. I don't know what to do. So 2016 in January, I signed up for this jumpstart class with the great Katie Cremenzos of Biz Women Rock. And you remember clearly that I was pretty stubborn. And I, I mean, then we started coaching together. So probably mid-June was when I'd like cried three times about money and we really had some serious talks and some really like you really making me dig in. And one of the great things you said to me, and I know you're going to share one of these, this tool with everyone was making me put down the numbers and then say, now look at those, Heather, they're numbers. Let it go. They're numbers. Mm -hmm. They don't have to mean anything about who you are <laughs> or have big attachment to emotion behind them. They're numbers. But I think sometimes in my experience, not only with myself, but in clients that I've had and just the amazing women that I've had the privilege to work with over all these years, the reason that we often ignore our finances or procrastinate on organizing them well is because A, it's scary. And there is like, there's this major mindset shift that you have to go through. There's a, a big growing that you have to step into in order to now say, okay, I am going to be adult enough to be able to manage what is in front of me. Right. And that comes along with a lot of fear and a lot of knowledge. Like I've got to step up my game. Right. But the other side of this is that we've typically think that it has to be hard and that there's all this like, oh my gosh, now I have to learn all this new stuff. So now I have to be a financial advisor basically in order to successfully manage my business. And this is why I wanted to have this conversation and make it available to every single woman who's a part of the Business Women Rock community because I'm here to tell you and Heather and I can both testify wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. Oh, hold on. Like, don't think that no, we, I don't have baggage with money. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not even the emotional baggage. It's the stuff that we've done in the past that we thought was the right thing in the moment. Or it was like the, okay, we're going to do this to get by because it felt like doing the opposite was too hard. And the purpose of this conversation is to give you tools and real strategies to show you how simple those things actually could be. So on that note, I actually want to ask this question. What's probably one of the worst money mistakes that you have made throughout this journey of growing your business? Was there a time when you were just like, I am either sweeping this under the rug or I'm not going to pay attention to it or I just, I'm not good with money. Give an example of what it was, something that you were just not good with or wasn't a good decision financially. 
So fortunately, I had great fortune in my product purchasing and that sort of thing. Like I have not lost money there. I think my biggest mistake was not spending money and not investing in my business. Talk about that. What did that actually look like to you in reality? Yeah. So it's just, it's looked like slow growth. So money is a utility. It's used for exchange. And before when I was holding on to money as all of the emotional things I associate with it, it was hard for me to think of it as a utility. And I'm not saying that I'm completely detached from it being an emotional thing for me. But once I was able to see it as a utility and put down the numbers and just something so simple, Katie, as looking at how much time if Thomas was with... So I have a three-year-old son, um, almost four, for those of you who don't know, because I talk about him all the time. But just simply putting down the numbers one summer of like, okay, if I had a little bit more childcare for my son with my neighbor who he loves what would that look like? Mm. And when I wrote down the numbers, I literally laughed out loud because I was like, why would I not do that? Yes. Why would I not exchange my time for that service, which is really beneficial to everyone? So to be clear, like uh, using money for the utility it is and really thinking of it and what I use it for in exchange for what I get and to really add growth to my business. Love it. I wanted to identify that mindset shift and maybe the challenges that we're having in doing it because in order to really talk about the practicalities of how you can organize your business financially in order to just make it so simple so you can get busy running your company, mm-hmm. that that's a giant hurdle that is often hidden. That's the big elephant in the room. So I just wanted to address that. So let's move beyond that to now. Give me some examples of how you organize your finances right now? And why does it work for you? Okay. So there's a couple things that are systematic and strategic. One, we've moved into using Goodbye Excel. I haven't said goodbye to you completely because I still use you for lots of work in the bodega, but you are no longer my financial management system. So I've gotten away from that. So that moving into an automated system really, really does a lot of like just... It's a big release. Also... What does that mean? What does that look like? That looks like QuickBooks to you, right? It looks like QuickBooks for me. It also looks like hiring someone to manage my accounts. So I have an employee that if I write a check, I give her the copy of the check so that she can reconcile it with our bank. So it's also allowing our banking system to talk to QuickBooks and so that our money is all flowing together, which is really huge. Like if you don't belong to a bank that talks to QuickBooks or our online store also talks to QuickBooks, like all of those systems need to talk to each other. And so we've integrated our entire company's systems into to have a flow and to have a system. There's also some just tangible things like paper trails and things like that that we do. I still, I don't have a shoebox, but I have an envelope so that like when I go to the bank, I bank with Chase. I do go to the bank and I do love to deposit in their ATM because they print out a picture of the check. Yes. That's one of my favorite things about them, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, cool. Awesome. I've got a beautiful picture and proof of everything that just happened here. Yes. And I have learned that I do need that paper trail. I don't need that paper trail every time. I maybe need that paper trail one in a hundred times. But let me tell you that hundred time and I have it, it is such a savior for me because I know right where it is, that impressions made in my brain, I can visualize the check on that sheet. So those kinds of things have been really, that's a system that's really important. I also 
finally, because you're pushing, I have automatic withdrawal. So now I just pay myself monthly and it's automatically deposited from one account to another. Same with my employee, one account to another, automatic withdrawal every month. And then from that, there every month we do just a financial report meeting time. So we have anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour where we just kind of go over, like, let's reconcile our accounts. She's like, who is this? And what did you charge? You know, those kinds of conversations. And we put it in a spot so that once a month we can talk about it. And it's not like one of those million things hanging over us to reconcile our accounts. And then just to check in, like, how are we doing? Oh boy. And just talk about we're gonna, I'm gonna do some purchasing. So there's gonna be less cash flow this month and just kind of take a pulse. I love it. Okay. Literally every single one of those is gold. And I wanna highlight a couple of things out of what out of all of those. Number one, the fact that you hire someone and there is a designated person on your team to kind of manage the intricacies of the financial stuff that's needed between you and the systems that you've set up. That's a big deal because there are a lot of, especially solopreneurs out there who feel like they've got to do it themselves. And so this is giant in the sense of if you make somebody else responsible for it, you are less likely to screw it up, to procrastinate on it. (laughs) A client of mine who she's got some mindset stuff around sending out invoices to her clients, even though her clients are happy to pay it, like she hesitates on it and it becomes the last thing that she does. And so it messes with cash flow, right? And so she, she finally, she's like, I need to delegate this to my team member who it's like, it's just part of the checklist for her, right? Are you telling the story of me? That is exactly my story because when I was working with my current employee, I said to her, I was like, hey, you like it when those numbers are equal. I was like, that's so interesting. I was like, I don't really pay attention to that. I was like, do you think you could do billing for me? And she's like, absolutely. She's like, I like it when they all line up. I like it to be even. And when I realized that, I was like, okay, I need you. And also when you have that money mindset, you don't want to talk about things. Mm, Yeah. I would have this monthly meeting that I was telling you about on my calendar when I was working by myself. I never did it. Like, I was always like, oh, I'm so busy. I can't do that. But now that I have someone else who's bugging me and also bugging me like, why did you... What is this charge? It, the accountability, it's just ramped up. It's huge. And so that leads me to the next point that you had talked about, which is having a dedicated time in your calendar to actually look at stuff and have your finances in your face. And I feel there are two things that typically happen, I think. And I keep on telling you guys this because I want you to hear that you're not alone if you do any of these things. It typically happens where if we are doing it all ourselves, we will avoid that meeting. But to look at everything and or we feel really guilty about the fact that on any given day, we don't know exactly where we stand. And so ultimately at the end of the day, you need to do what works best for you. I've absolutely had conversations with very well-respected businesswomen who literally during points in their business, they knew exactly what their budget was or what their P&L was every single day. And that's just where they needed to be. And then there are those of us like you and I, I have a monthly meeting too with my CPA. And so it's my forcing of myself to show up and look at those numbers that I may... I'm too busy to look at every other day of the week. So it's like, no, that's a time when I it is the check-in for me to make sure everything's going to where it needs to go, to make sure that I'm typically really cognizant of expenses. But if there was something that was a little out of whack, like that's when I'm catching it and just making sure that that's getting accommodated. So that's really important. And the accountability of having somebody else be a part of that meeting is a huge deal. That's a good tool, really good tool. 
talk to me a little bit about how you organize your actual accounts. Because somebody listening might be at the beginning of their business journey where they are like, okay, I just set up my business account basically. And that's good. But there's a lot more sophistication that can happen when you are ready for that. So maybe talk a little bit about how that might have looked like for you in the beginning of your business journey and now how it looks. Yeah. And I have to say, I don't... I don't even know at what point in the beginning I had my own bank account. I know that I had a credit card in the beginning, but I'm not sure about the bank account stuff. So yeah, anyway. Okay. So not to get, not to get stuck in that, but right now I have a business account. I don't have like different things set aside, but in that account, I know that I need to have a certain amount of money and for me to feel comfortable. There's one or two times of the year when I do my big purchasing that I know that it's going to dip down. And I I just, I know that's going to happen. But for the most part, there's a certain amount I want to keep in it. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's shifting for me. So this is the first time this year that I'm going to need to meet with my accountant right now because my income level is well beyond what it has been in the past. So then I need to do an actual meeting with my accountant and see if I need to file taxes right now, which is also another total different shift for me. And how I know that is because it is in my in my system. I can look at the dashboard of QuickBooks and see like what my sales are as well as my monthly meetings. So I use credit cards, especially for payments of certain bills. They're automatically put on credit cards. I use the bank to... And this is something that we talked about before and I I should mention now. I use the bank to pay. So I make purchases, international purchases. So I need to do international wire transfers. So I use the bank to do that. And I do that with some accounts out of my business. And I have to do some of them in my personal. So it's really great that I can transfer money between my personal and my business very easily. And then I can also tag it, put a memo in there about which this is going for. Also, we have our online store, which is integrated with our bank. And then if we're at events or things like that, we'll use PayPal. So that also counts as another another account, PayPal does. And so PayPal is also used to... Some organizations just use it more than others. And that is an important ingredient in all of it too. Love it. And I will add to this conversation by saying that A... Setting up a business bank account is a really good start. The kind of second step beyond that is you guys have heard me probably talk and rave about the Profit First Method, the book by Mike Michalowicz, which I highly recommend that you go listen to and read. But ever since I read that book, I made what I consider sort of the next phase of organization of business bank accounts. And by the way, I'm giving you guys a total freebie of a whole money bundle that I'm putting together for you. And this one tool is going to be in it. There'll be a couple more tools in it. But I will give you like kind of the diagram. It's going to be my handwriting, a little diagram of the different types of bank accounts that I have and how I automatically transfer money into them. We're talking about simplicity here, you guys. And so setting up that system once where your money all comes into one operating account and then throughout the month gets automatically transferred into a bunch of different very purposeful accounts, by the way. You start seeing movement in your money and building of your money very, very quickly. And it's mind-boggling, actually. And so that's what I've considered like kind of the second phase of how I can organize money. And then the third phase... Well, I don't know if those are like... This would really be in phase two as well, would be having the business credit card. I know you talked about the fact that you used a business credit card very differently than what you do now. And 
I love the fact that you just like in the beginning, we're like, what, what do I need? Okay. I need the flexibility of being able to pay a little bit later when I get the money. One of the things I love best about the Chase Inc. Business Unlimited credit card is that it's so simple. So especially if you find yourself in the beginning phase of your business where it's like, I don't... like I had a lot of hiccups getting a business credit card in the beginning because I was like, I can't even think about managing points. Like that's just too... I feel like I need to do a full-on university education just to manage points and... <laughs> Which one do I choose? And that's why this one is so great because it's like 1.5% back on everything. Literally no other details. That's you don't have it. to like, click every month or every two months to say... You don't have to allocate. There's no categories. <laughs> like you just use your credit card for everything. And that's what I really recommend for people as they start getting a little bit more savvy about organizing their business accounts is open up your business credit card, get that credit card. And then all of the automatic purchases that you already have coming through your business account, put them on that credit card. And you're naturally going to earn that 1.5% back just by spending the money that you're already planning on spending. Put your cell phone bill on that. Put your, put your cell phone bill, put your like internet, I, whatever bills monthly, just put it on there. That's what yeah, I do. So smart. So smart. But the great part is, is again, the reason why we're having this conversation is that these are tiny little things that take a little bit of time to set up, not much. And then once they're set up on autopilot. So no more time to set up than to actually just pay them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But for sure, take a pulse. Keep a pulse. Keep seeing it come out. What I love is hearing you say like that you have gone through transition of how you're using all these tools, how you have used Chase's online portal because it's amazing. And the reason that you have the personal and the business accounts with them is because you need that to work for your business to really be in flow. You need to be able to see that statement. You need to be able to really line up all of those finances, keeping in line with what money's coming in and what money's coming out on a given month. And most especially with the credit card is like literally almost every expense that I have goes on my credit card. And so I only need to worry about cash actually coming out of my bank account once a month. I know in my head what that amount needs to be or should be or what it's about to be. And so I don't need to worry about cash constantly coming out. So I don't know. It makes it so simple. Well, and I actually, I've mentioned a couple of things that come out of my accounts. And so I'm also able to ask for that date of your credit card so that it is in line with the other dates. Or I don't know if I did it one way or vice versa, but I do try and within a week have most of mine. And then there's one expense that I spread out and put at a different time of the month. Those are things that you do want to think about. I don't think I mentioned, but talking about seasons, another season before I had all my banking at Chase, I had it at two different places and I wasn't able to use online tools. And my son was born. And even like between zero and two, naps were like my saving grace. And so it was always tricky to go to the bank, especially in times that I really had to to make those online wire transfers. So I went over to Chase because I could do that so simply from my home and while my child was sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, precious time. The amount of convenience and tools that are out there right now to make managing of our finances and our businesses a lot more convenient and less intensive and less time intensive are huge. And it doesn't take many. It takes a couple of major tools that you can implement now. So you guys, I'm going to be sharing with you in the money bundle, which is going to be at bizwomenrock.com forward slash money bundle. It's a free download for you. And it has a bundle of a couple of things. It has number one, my financial focus spreadsheet, which is a favorite for a lot of my Biz Women Rock community members. It literally is a way to easily track income that's coming in 
and simultaneously be able to project what types of income you can potentially have coming in. So it simultaneously kind of works on mindset and practicalities of money coming in without it being too heavy. And it's something that literally in my business, every time I bring in revenue, I go in there and I update it and boom, I'm done. And then the other thing that I'm going to have for you is that diagram of how I organize my business bank accounts. And then lastly, I'm going to have in there just a recommendation for one of the, my favorite money management tools. It's Denise Duffield Thomas's money app. I, I don't know if it has a particular name, but I'll put that link in the bundle as well. And that's another one where I can set a financial goal for myself and I can track every dollar that comes in and be very grateful for every dollar that comes in. Like it's really, it's that beautiful combination of money mindset and really like taking the moment to actually identify and honor the money that we are bringing in because our businesses are growing. So often, ladies, so often, just like in the activities that we spend building our businesses, we can check something off our list, have a huge accomplishment, bring in a certain amount of money, make a big sale, whatever it is. And we just move on to the next thing and we forget about, wow, like really honoring that thing that just happened. And so all of these tools are such a really great way to enhance the entire journey and to make sure the financial part of your journey can be seen as easier. It can be seen as not so abrasive or scary. And most importantly, it makes you feel so empowered. Like, yeah, I'm good at this stuff. Like Heather, we've implemented a couple of these tools for you over the couple of years. And like you and I had a conversation before we got on right now. And I was almost in tears about how proud I am of you because you are having almost double the growth this year that you had last year, which is absolutely incredible. And so much of that is the money mindset that comes along with, okay, now I need to make a couple of big changes and, and implement a couple of things to help me organize my money so that all of this stuff is possible. So. Oh my goodness. So much good stuff. So thank you. Like just so much good stuff. To end this conversation, what do you think is still one of your biggest challenges that you have financially? Whether it's in the organization of your money or knowing that something's ahead that you kind of need to be prepped for? Like what are one of the biggest challenges that you're facing right now? Well, my business is based on sales. So <laughs> every business is based on sales. Yeah, yeah. And everyone should probably think that way. Well, some of them don't. But for me, my biggest challenge is that planning, predictability, what's going to happen, as well as goal setting. I think my money mindset gets in the way because it feels arrogant and a little bit selfish. Like, oh, I'm going to make this much. Like, it's just, it's a little bit uncomfortable. So those are probably some of my biggest challenges. And also just growth and doing so many new things. It's hard to say. We talked about before the number of books I even carry now is a lot more than I started with. So even being able to predict like, what does that mean? And what are the potentials of it is, is a little bit tricky. So predicting. And then because that really cuts into planning. So you do your best to like, all right, this is where I want to go. And like last year, I didn't hit my goal until the absolute end. And now this year, I'm blown, I blew by my goal. So whenever I've been a goal setter, I've always been of the mindset of set your goals high, but high enough so that you can reach so that you can still feel good about yourself. And, <laughs> and with finances, I feel like, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> like my goal setting really is off, but it's okay. And I think it's a matter to really drive the point home that at every season that we spend in our business, we have learned something new that then will allow us to approach our finances, how we organize them, how we're making more money, how we're spending money in a more efficient, effective way, how we're benefiting from all of that. Taking just one step beyond it again, but like you can't do it all now. Just start where you are 
Do the best you can right now to manage those finances, to take control. Really, ultimately, at the end of the day, if you are in business and you're running a company, like there is a major shift that you have to go through that says, I am 100% responsible for my money. And so therefore, I have to show up to that relationship as an adult, right? Here we come back to the adulting thing. And I say that and recognize that you are where you are right now. So start somewhere. Like I... It's almost a detriment sometimes if you know what is possible or how people maybe 10 years beyond you in business are organizing finances or how they do things because you're like, oh my God, I should be doing that now and I'm in year two. No, just start where you are. Do the few things that you know that help you now. And then just know that like you're going to know in that next season of business, oh, I just learned this. Okay, now I can implement this. Or now I've got a new way of organizing that works for me. I'm moving from the shoebox method to Excel to QuickBooks to like all this other stuff. So don't think that you're going to be starting with a really sophisticated back office, online, all these interlinked things happening. Just start where you are. That's all. Well, and if you can learn anything, I believe like those who learn the lessons of history do not repeat them. So if you can learn anything from my story, (laughs) this is it. And it just happens to be that this is about credit cards, but it is skip the shoebox and just get a credit card that separates your finance. Because the number one thing you want to do is separate, is make sure that you can see your business. And if you don't want to go to a bank and do all that stuff, just get a credit card and start there because you're going to see the separation and you're going to be able to look at what you're doing in a very practical way. The shoebox is nice, but skip that. Go to the credit card. Those statements are a lot easier to look at and you can dump them in an Excel spreadsheet. So start there and go. Follow your heart. And earn your mistakes. Like you're going to think about Heather and I in another year or two and you're like, oh my God, I totally made that stupid mistake too. (laughs) Some of the most brilliant financial moves and strategies that I have made have been because I just learned that lesson because it cost me 10 grand, (laughs) you know? Or I just learned that lesson because I made that mistake and all of a sudden that just cost me X amount of dollars. So it's like one of those palm on your forehead type of moments of like, okay, I got it. I need to step up my game. (laughs) And, And make mistakes. Oh, yeah. Do it. I mean, that's part of this whole journey. Yep. Heather, thank you so much for being here, my dear. I really appreciate it. It has been amazing and so much wisdom gleamed. And I'm just so grateful that you shared it here with us today. It's my pleasure. I love this community. So thank you for continuing to include me in it and giving us all such great knowledge. Love you, girl. Love you too. Choosing a business credit card can be tough. I didn't get my first one until 2016 because I was so overwhelmed by all of the intricacies. Which one do I pick? Which one has the best benefits? How do I manage the points? What if I choose wrong? The new Chase Inc. Unlimited Business Credit Card is the answer and a tool that I wish that I had access to back then. It's simple. 1.5% cash back on all your purchases. No points to manage, no categories to worry about, no annual fees, just 1.5% cash back every single time you use your card. The best part is you don't have to manage anything. It's a fantastic set it and forget it financial tool. Just use your Chase Inc. Unlimited business credit card for all your normal business purchases. Hint, hint, put them on auto pay and earn your cash back. That simple. And then at the end of the month, pay it all off at once. Bonus cash flow management. If you want to get started with the Chase Inc. Unlimited Business Credit Card, just go to chase.com forward slash Inc.